Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. Sherry Hall is a very interesting person. She's an American. She's from Buffalo in New York. She's a singer-songwriter, but is also an anaesthetist for open-heart surgery. And she worked with Aboriginals in Weeper and Cooktown for a little while. And so I chatted with her just quickly about her experience, her impressions. The first time I came to Australia was in 1998. At that time, I had just finished my education as a cardiac anesthetist, so someone who does anesthesia for open-heart surgical procedures. Right. And after working for two years in a very, very busy private practice in South Florida, I actually decided that that was not the life or the career for me. It was very, very stressful, very long, hard hours in the operating room with middle-of-the-night callbacks and emergencies. So I decided to take a trip, (laughs) to take a walkabout, (laughs) essentially. So I looked for an opportunity to practice medicine in an English-speaking country other than the United States, and that's what brought me to Australia for the first time. And with that opportunity, I ended up working at the Cairns-based hospital in far north Queensland. Now, while I was working there, I had the opportunity to go to several outreach hospitals that branched off of the base hospital. Uh, Some of them were in Weepa and Cooktown. And that is where I had the opportunity to work with the Aboriginal community, helping them with basic sort of just general maintenance operative procedures. Was there any one person that you remember that stood out? You know, I do remember one person. It was not a child. It was actually an adult Aboriginal male who I was treating at a Cairns Base Hospital. And he came in, I believe it was for an abdominal procedure. It might have been something as simple as an appendectomy to have their appendix removed. Yeah. And the one thing I noticed right away was that he never looked directly at me. And that for me was interesting because I'm such an eye contact person. And it was something that I learned in the culture by asking other people, like, why isn't there direct sort of eye contact? And part of it involved with just that being kind of confronting and in your face, (laughs) for lack of a better word, but it was also a sign of deference and respect um, to me to not be kind of staring directly at me. Um, But it took me a little bit of a interesting, it was a little bit difficult to get used to for me, but once I understood uh, what it was about, it was, yeah, it was okay. (laughs) How did it feel? Because it's a completely different culture to uh, what you know in Buffalo with the... uh racial tension that happens there. (laughs) Well, interestingly enough, uh, Chris, my background is actually Native American, so American Indian. And there are some similarities. I'm not going to make a gross statement and say that they're like cultures, but there are some similarities in terms of the spirituality, the connection with nature, and the humanness of people that I find quite similar in the Native American culture as well as the Aboriginal culture. So while it was different than being an inner city girl from Buffalo, New York, there was a sense of peace and calm that I felt within me that resonated from my Native American roots to that of the Aboriginal people here in Australia. What were your impressions of our Australian Aboriginals when you met them? My impressions in general were that they were a very peaceful 
culture, very peaceful people that I would certainly love to have spent more time with and gotten to know better, especially because of my own historical roots that I haven't really had a lot of chance to get to understand or know more completely. I remember when I was at primary school, um, I had a friend in grade four and five, David Scully. He was an Aboriginal boy and uh, he was the only one in the school and he was such a nice kid, you know, and I I would love to know where he is today, but uh, my impression, you know, he was such a nice guy and I just felt for him because he was the only one in the whole school who was Aboriginal, everyone else, you know, white school, you know. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I have a funny story about that, <laughs> about kind of being the only one and having that sense of isolation that perhaps some of these children do have. When I was younger, um, so I have a very interesting background. My mother is Caucasian, uh, Northern European, blonde hair, green eyes. And my father is part African-American and part Native American. Yeah. Um, and so I have kind of cocoa-colored skin, (laughs) you know, an interesting hair. (laughs) Yeah. And when I was younger, when I was in grade four, we were actually doing a unit and studying kind of American, Black American history, African American history. And at one time, somebody asked the question, what would happen when there was either a Caucasian partner and an African American couple that were married that had children? And the teacher actually made me stand up in the room. Wow. (laughs) Talk about, you know, an opportunity for embarrassment. Now, I was not embarrassed at all, interestingly enough, but I can imagine that would be something similar uh, because in the Aboriginal culture, and this is years and years ago, and please forgive me for my lack of a complete understanding of Australian history, but there were many children like me who had parents that were Um, Australian and parents that were Aboriginal and then were kind of in that in-between world. (laughs) Um, And where do they kind of fit in and what kind of culture do they end up assimilating into? Um, And I can imagine that you would feel a sense of isolation. I didn't because I'm just kind of an outgoing, gregarious kind of girl and I don't mind being in the center of the spot. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. For me to stand up was like not a big problem. Yeah. And was there another uh, person that you treated that you can remember that stood out? There were several children that I had an opportunity to encounter while, particularly in Cooktown, while we were doing dental procedures on them. And most of the children, besides just being so beautiful, (laughs) you know, their smiles uh, just would light you up when when they did smile at you. Absolutely. Um, There was just this sense of sort of calmness, even though they were coming in for an operative procedure that was really anxiety provoking, they themselves had this sense of just kind of being happy and settled and calm in the arms of their parents when they came in, you know, unlike some kids that we get coming in who are kicking and screaming, you know, before putting the mask on them to go off to sleep. Um, Yeah, yeah, it was just kind of an overall sense of peace and joyfulness within them when they came into the operating room. And that's not something generally that you would see in some children. Singer, songwriter and anaesthetist for open heart surgeries, Sherry Hall. She has an amazing story sharing about her impressions of our ancient culture and the people who I personally value immensely.